Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Wednesday, September 20, 2023. We will get to Syracuse's win over Purdue and their matchup against Army in a bit, but we begin today's show on Aranda Gaddison II. As we all know, Syracuse's All-American tight end will miss the entire 2023 season with a Liss Frank injury on his right foot. He had successful surgery on Tuesday and would begin a 10- to 12-month recovery. That includes five months of screws inserted into his right foot with no load bearing whatsoever for three months. Obviously wishing the best in his recovery and hoping he gets back on the field in the shorter range of that timeline. In the meantime, Syracuse is going to need someone to step up and fill that void. But I will say if there's one position where Syracuse could afford to lose their top player, it's probably at the wide receiver position because there is some depth there. It's going to take some combination of Donovan Brown, Damien Alford, Omari Hatcher, and Isaiah Jones to step up. Former Syracuse defensive back Carl Jones would join us after the break to talk more about that and Syracuse's win over Purdue. And we'll have the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman on later as well. And I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cuse podcast. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So it was a great win for Syracuse over Purdue on Saturday. Syracuse was in control for most of the evening, pulled away late for a 35-20 win. Syracuse is now 3-0 for the second straight season. That's the first time since 1960 that that's happened. We welcome on our great friend, former Syracuse defensive back and WROC TV's Carl Jones to talk about the win. Carl, thanks for coming back on. How are you today? I'm all good, man. Every time we get into football season... You know, the energy peaks up a little bit, the endorphins get uh, peaking a little bit. I'm just excited, man. I'm grateful that you guys allowed me back on. Oh, Carl, it's always a pleasure to have you. I want to get you started on this one. What did you think of that win over Purdue? It was impressive. It was impressive. I mean, going on the road, Power 5 team, no matter who it's again, it's always impressive to get the win, especially against a team like Purdue who has um, some offensive pedigree that they've shown in the past. I know last year's games were shootout, especially in the second half. But I think it was just the way they got it done. I mean, losing Aranda the way that they did could have easily been an emotional drainer. And their leader, you know, Gary Strader, just put the team on his back to a certain extent and uh, and carried those guys to a win defensively, you know, per usual, doing making good plays happen on that side of the ball, taking the ball away. It was just a fun game to watch, especially primetime on the road. Those games are hard to win no matter um, who, was, who it's up against. I mean, we're still dealing with – 18 to 23 year old kids here so anything can throw you off a little bit and the fact that they were able to go on the road 
with all the, everything that was happening emotionally, maybe off the field, was very impressive. So you touched on this, but I wanted to get into it more. Ronnie Gaddison II is out for the year with a Lis Frank fracture in his right foot. How does Syracuse get past this injury? First off, I just want to give my uh, prayers to him. Hopefully he gets back healthy and wherever he chooses to play next year, whether it's at SU or take his talent to the next level, hopefully he recovers healthy and back to 100%. Having said all that, though, I think it's, it's two things that's going to have to happen for Syracuse. One, you got a little taste of it this week with Garrett Schrader maybe having to use his leg a little bit more often, um, lean on that run game a little bit more, um, obviously maybe not take some of the hits he took, uh, and maybe not 20-something carries again, but lean on that portion of their offense a little bit more. He's, he's a weapon there, um, so he's going to have to use that a little bit more often. And then also the others are just going to have to step up, and they're going to have a great opportunity to shine. I mean, obviously every player wants to play. Well, here's your opportunity. I mean, regardless if it's Damian Offer, who was already out there, Isaiah Jones, um, Umari Hatcher, you know, Donovan Brown, you name it. Um, those guys are going to have to step up. And I do think um, compared to the previous seasons, and obviously this was including Aronde, but I still think it holds true to a certain extent. SU has a pretty, de- like, deep receiver room. I- I've never really felt like that in the past, to be honest, outside maybe the top – two or three, but I think this is a, a unit that has four, maybe five guys who can play, and I feel like they feel comfortable rotating in there. Now, obviously, you look at the stat sheet Saturday night, and it doesn't say that. Um, I think only two guys outside of LaQuint had a reception, but having said all of that, I've seen the other guys play, especially Umari. Um, Damian's a, a nice deep ball guy that I think has good body control down the field. I, I think this can be a group that can hold its own uh, with OG out for the rest of the year. We've been talking a lot about the offense, and rightfully so, but you played defensive back from Syracuse from 2016 to 2019. I wanted to get your thoughts on this defense that's only allowed seven points through the first two games and then held a Big Ten opponent to 20 points on Saturday. Look, you can only play who's in front of you, so I get it. The first two games weren't up against the most stellar competition, but that's what the schedule said, and that's what they, that's what all Syracuse had to go off of, and they dominated that competition like they should have and like they did. Then, like you just alluded to, a Power 5 team, no matter who's against, on the road, in their place, with all the juices, and they held them to 20 points. That's impressive. Obviously, I'm a little biased by my DBs, and um, early on in that game, Jeremiah Wilson caught my attention, um, especially in run support. You know, usually DBs, you get all the attention for the pass breakups, picks, you know, all the nice flashy celebrations and stuff like that. But my man was out there putting his face in the fan and, and being physical out there at corner, which is always encouraging to see. Um, from that unit, um, obviously Justin Barron is a good guy in that kind of slot nickel area for the defense as well. This is a really, really darn good defense. And I think, I believe they're top 10 in the country in points per game right now. And I would not be surprised by if we're, you know, mid-November where we're like, yo, this Syracuse defense is still top 15, 20, just based off of how stellar they're playing so far. Carl, again, you played at Syracuse from 2016 to 2019. You were part of that 10-win team in 2018. We talk about this in the media. You're a member of the media now. But the concept of a trap game, is there such a thing? Is Army considered a trap game if so? Oh, trap games are, are 100% real. We're dealing with 18 to 22, 23-year-old kids. Well, with this COVID and transfer force stuff, maybe 25-year-old kids. But you can suggest <laughs> we're, dealing with, we're dealing with young adults here. Anything's a distraction. I mean, these kids still have homework, you know, you know, whether it's the off the field, nightlife, girls, school, you name it. They have so much on their plate, and you mean to tell me that they're going to be locked in every single week, week in and week out, 
and treat every game like it's the same. That's just not realistic to think so. It's not. And that's why you have to find internal motivation within each other and things to keep you motivated week in and week out because you're going to have weeks or days just like any other job profession where, man, I just I don't feel like it this week or, man, like this, I, I, I'm not really getting the juices flowing this week, right? I mean, I felt it this week where I'm a member of the Buffalo Bills media and covering the Raiders is not nearly as fun as it was week one where the Bills were trying to get the Jets. So it's just human nature a little bit to go with the ebbs and flows of emotions. And I think Army can be a trap game to a certain extent also because of the style of offense that Army plays, which is a total 180 from everything they've seen so far this year with that triple option stuff. So it most certainly can be. But I think this is where you got the leaders on the team, your Marlo Waxes, your Garrett Schraders, obviously your head coach and Dino Babers, um, Coach E, your strength coaches. You keep guys locked in on the mission at hand, and, that, and that's what's going to be in, important this week. The guys aren't – their brains aren't floating off into whether they got – econ or whether going on at Lucy's this weekend to stay locked in on the assignment at hand. And I think that's what's going to hopefully keep them on track and, and take care of this week as well. And Carl, we'll get you out of here on this one. The team can't look forward, but we can. After Army, Syracuse plays this brutal three-game stretch against Clemson, UNC, and FSU. And then they have five that I would consider winnable games after that. What's your prediction for a win-loss record now that we have some game film on this team? Ooh, predictions. I love that right there. First off, let me preface this by saying this is excluding the normal Syracuse around like week six or seven injury bug hitting because, I mean, for the past five, <laughs> six years, without fail, injuries just kill this team. And it hurts us a little bit more different than other schools in the conference just because, just because of the depth that we don't have really just based off like a Clemson or maybe a Florida State would. But um, barring that doesn't happen this year, I'm knocking on wood right now, so it doesn't. I think this is a 9-3, and 8-4 type ball club. So that stretch is difficult. I mean, Clemson and then going to UNC and Florida State is tough. It's not an easy play at all. But if you can win one out of those three, whether it's at home at Clemson, which I think is a noon game they just announced, you go one and two in that stretch, and then obviously it's college football. You're going to drop a winnable game here and there. We're not, um, <laughs> we're not Georgia. But – uh, I think this is a team that can go eight four nine three. I really think so. I really think the defense is really darn good, and even without the, even without Ronde Gaston there to win some games and and make this a really really darn good year. I mean, in years past, I've always felt we were an eight win program, but we just didn't have the bodies, you know, come week ten eleven to show it on the field. Thank you, thank you, Carl. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Carl Jones, ladies and gentlemen, and wow, eight to nine win prediction from Carl. I can actually see that because if they can pull out one of those three games in that Clemson, FSU, UNC stretch, and then they go four and one in their last five, that would be an incredible end to the season. And if you look at the back half of that schedule, like Carl said, there's no team that Syracuse can't beat there. Pitt has really struggled. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Boston College are in down years. And Wake Forest looked awfully shaky against Old Dominion this weekend. So anything can happen, but at the very least, Syracuse is halfway to bowl eligibility. And if they make it, that's the first time in 10 years that they'll made back-to-back bowl games. We'll take a quick break. Brad Bierman will join us after, and I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Let's talk more about Syracuse's win over Purdue from the weekend. The Juice Online Editor-in-Chief Brad Bierman joins us now. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. So, Brad, what were your main takeaways from Syracuse's 35-20 win over Purdue? Certainly, uh, and Syracuse continues to impress as each game unwinds for the season. Now three in and winning on the road against a Power 5 team, getting the job done in impressive fashion. So I'll start with the impressive play. And think about this, Wes. What if what if Garrett Schrader had not decided on his beautiful sneak in the fourth quarter to a slide and down the ball to think about the clock and winding it down to preserve a Syracuse win and had scored his fifth touchdown? Well, the next day, of course, we would have seen the headlines, Schrader rushes for five touchdowns, and that puts him in elite category in Syracuse annals. Jim Brown was six. Floyd Little and uh, Walter Reyes in 2003. But just think about that. Think about that play, how smart he was capping off an incredible performance on the evening. He turned down a fifth touchdown, which would have put him right there in Syracuse record books and certainly would have gained more attention nationally than unfairly I don't think he received uh, around the country from, from most college football media writers nationally for that performance. Sure, it was on NBC. Plenty of people saw it. And it was well documented, but Garrett Schrader, no doubt, was the difference in that game, and has been quite frankly the difference for Syracuse's big start offensively, uh, jumping out three and zero. So hats off to the offense and to OC Jason Beck. I thought he called a great game against Purdue, uh, mixing it up. Uh, the receivers are going to be learning in live action, and while the negative is that there's some misconnections, pass plays that just miss, some drop balls. It is learning in live action. I think that's a positive with the teaching and development that would occur between games. So I am encouraged overall. like to see more passing to, to the reserve tight ends to mix that up a little bit. And then defensively, four turnovers says it all. We've talked all season, Wes, about how aggressive and hard-hitting this defense is under Rocky Long and again demonstrated that. From a special team standpoint, I've always said a scholarship kicker has to make a 44-yard field goal, either hash mark with weather conditions being, you know, either in the dome or outside pretty, pretty nice as they were at Purdue. Uh, so that's, you know, one negative there. And, you know, Stonehouse is going to have some shanks. Uh, in the season, just hope he got most of them out of the way in the first half against Purdue uh, from a special team standpoint. And wondering if Trevor Pena is going to return, when he's going to return, really would be interesting to see if they could plug another uh, return man into that special teams unit. Overall, 3-0, and can't ask for any better than that. Impressive on national TV to be a Big Ten team on the road west. Brad, let's look forward to that matchup against Army this weekend. How do you see that game playing out? I'm certainly going to stick with my preseason predictions from August where I thought this would be a game where C- 
Syracuse, just from a talent and out athletic standpoint, uh, uh, talent-wise from, from, from the scholarship starting players against an Army team, which is, you know, cer- certainly been competitive in all its games, always is going to be competitive, uh, installing the new offense this year, but a very tough defense and really have been impressed with the play of Bryson Daly, the quarterback so far, and especially in a road win over Texas San Antonio last week. Um, but I think as the schedule has played out, I really, again, go back to that, Wes, really like how Colgate was first to open up, get so many players in action to develop in live action. You know, they may not see play for a while or for even the rest of the season, but still got to see game action in game one. Game two kind of improved upon that. Sure, the defense rallied from an early t- long touchdown against Western Michigan, uh, the negative losing the two players to starters to injury for the rest of the season, but development there and then certainly progressing with the development of the road win, stepping up against Purdue. I think that plays out again here with Army in the Dome, a team Syracuse should win. In preseason, I thought you'd see all three units score touchdowns uh, in this game with the defense the way it's been playing. Certainly no reason to think the D couldn't score touchdowns some way, shape, or form. We know what the offense has done under Schrader. And let's see if the special teams can break out with a play here or there uh, to get to 4-0 and for the second consecutive year. And that also, Wes, in its own right, says so much about this program. And what Dino Babers has certainly done the last two years, stepping up the talent level, uh, the reserve depth level, in doing something that had not been done since 1959-60. So you think about that with all the great tradition of Syracuse football, that's certainly saying a lot. And Brad, we're ready at the end of our show. You have a closing thought for us? I'm going to extend it to the Army game Saturday, West, and I'm thinking about what a great atmosphere it's going to be in the Dome. Uh, for me personally to be able to attend the game, love it. The Dome each year has been evolving in all the improvements, the additions, the renovations. Great always to see what's going on at the Dome, uh, including, of course, we all wait to next season when seats actually go inside. But what a great atmosphere it's going to be there with uh, Ben Schwartzwalder induction officially into the Ring of Honor at halftime. So appropriate a Purple Heart recipient in World War II. There's going to be a section or two up in the 300s with Army cadets busting up from West Point. What a great atmosphere for college football. And let's see if the Orange can top it off for the day with a 4-0 start. Brad, I'll close the show on some bowl projections. We're only three games into the season, but there are already several projections out there for Syracuse. Of course, there are the usual projections showing Syracuse playing in the Fenway or Pinstripe Bowl, but ESPN and CBS Sports are projecting Syracuse to play in the Holiday Bowl out in San Diego. It's been a long time since Syracuse has headed that far west. You'd have to go back to the 1997 Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona for the last time the Orange played on the West Coast for a championship season. Sunny San Diego with 70 degree weather in December sounds pretty good to me. Let's see how all this plays out as the orange marches toward bowl eligibility. That's it for us. I want to thank my guests, former Syracuse defensive back Carl Jones and the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman. And this is Wes Chang reminding you that I never just give one congratulation. Congratulations are always plural. They're similar to grapes. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com and we'll see you next time. A change of seasons means adventures in rain, shine, mist, or snow, or all of the above on the same day. This season, prepare for every season with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. With all-conditioned traction and materials and features to keep you comfy and dry no matter what, you'll be ready for anything. Go to allbirds.com and use code FRESHSOCKS for a free pair of socks with your purchase.
A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code FRESHSOCKS.